Welcome back to the Table Church Podcast. It's been a while, hasn't it, Megan? It has. It's been a while. You've traveled the country since we last talked? Yep. You've been to Florida? Mm-hmm. Um, I've traveled to Cedar Rapids. That sounds exotic. It's two hours away, so for our non-Iowan listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're back, and so we're excited for, to share some big news. We got big news. We do. Happening here at Table Everybody Church. Everybody adjust your expectations. <laughs> it is big news, but whatever you're thinking, it's probably not that. <laughs> it's true. What, I don't know what you could be thinking. Whatever you're thinking, it's not that. <laughs> yeah. Whenever like church leaders try to say something's big, I, I start to roll my eyes a little bit because it's like, we're starting a new small group. <laughs> yeah. Plus, plus people cringe because they're worried about the price tag. They're like, what are they going to ask me to do? Yeah. <laughs> No one's comfortable when a church says they have big news. Yeah. It's like, this can't be good. <laughs> anyway, anyway. This is good news. Yeah, it's really good news. So um, the T- Table Church has started the journey of becoming a site for what's called Immigrant Connection. Im- immigrant Connection is something that uh, actually started with the Wesleyan Church in 2014. Mm-hmm. And um, it's actually kind of gone beyond the Wesleyan Church. Now, lots of denominations do it. But what it is is an opportunity for local churches to um, uh, offer uh, quality yet inexpensive legal services for, for immigrants. Something that's very, very needed, particularly in our area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're taking that journey as a church because we feel like God has given us an opportunity, put us in a place mm-hmm. to be able to offer this, um, this service for people that desperately need it. And not just in Des Moines, but in the entire state. Mm-hmm. We don't yeah. have... Uh, so we don't have sufficient representation for right. Immigrant Connection in the entire state of Iowa. So right. It's a good step. So Immigrant Connection doesn't have any other sites in Iowa. And they're actually, they have representatives that drive to Iowa from Kansas and from Minnesota every month simply to help with the demand of the legal mm-hmm. services that are needed for people. Mm-hmm. And we will link to Immigrant Connection in the show notes. Yeah. So you can learn more about them. Yeah. They're wonderful people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we want to talk a little bit about that today. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, Phil, I've heard you describe this um, as as an opportunity for us to become Department of Justice accredited Immigration Legal Services Center. Yes. What does that mean? Yep. So the Department of Justice um, has a program where people can get trained to be able to offer legal services simply for the, the narrow area of immigrant law. Now... Immigration law is one of the two most complex areas of law in our country. The other one being tax law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, at least that's what I'm told. And uh, so imagine... <laughs> you're like, that's what you're told. I don't do my own taxes. I don't. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that proves the point, doesn't it? Yep. Um, so imagine, you know, not even really knowing English very well, just trying to get used to the the way this culture functions and then be like, oh do your own taxes for your small business. Mm-hmm. Like if you've ever tried to accomplish anything, um, you know, that involves the government, especially you notice that every one thing you do, it's like three more things pop up that mm-hmm. you need to do a certain way within a certain time frame, And they all just talk to different agencies and things like that. It's complicated. Yep. And so imagine doing that for taxes. Well, it's that way, if not worse, uh, for trying to maintain a legal status as an immigrant. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about people who desperately want to do things the right way, want mm-hmm. to be in this country uh, legally, the way that you know the government and the law says they should be, 
Uh, but they can't always do that very easily because they might have to travel hundreds of miles and have to pay thousands of dollars mm-hmm. in order to do it. Lose work to be able to go mm-hmm. and take care of it. Yep. And for some people, these these uh, challenges are like insurmountable. Mm-hmm. And, and so Immigrant Connection comes in and allows churches to help alleviate that, that problem mm-hmm. for these families. And not just for the adults in the family, but also when you think about it, when someone's an immigrant and they have children that are going to school in America, those children become you know very fluent in English and they often become translators leaders for their parents they Mm -hmm. often take on a lot of the burden of trying to figure these things out if there's a language barrier and so you're not just helping one person in a family you're probably helping the whole family unit yep so i mean i can huge i can testify to that reality with some of the kids in our rise up tutoring program um that table church has every every one of those kids is from an immigrant or refugee family Mm -hmm. and yeah the burden that they bear in all areas of life is huge, but I mean, if we can help them with just this one thing, that would be a tremendous blessing. To mm-hmm. them. And we know a lot of high school students from Roosevelt too, that are in the same situation. And so it could not uh, be a better fit. We're really excited about this. Um, okay. So why, why is table church doing this? You know, immigrant connection doesn't tell just any church to become an immigrant connection site. Like they want to vet the church and the congregation and make sure that they understand why this matters, that they're well positioned geographically and spiritually to step into this kind of ministry, uh, because it's, it's not, it's not, uh, always an easy road, but it just so happens that our ministry center, which we've now owned for what? Three year years almost. Well, I think two years, you know, we lived, we've we were, owned it. Two. Okay. Um, anyway, we sit like right in the area of Des Moines where it's just, there's, we're surrounded by, by immigrants. Um, but actually there's a lot of places in Des Moines that have a lot of immigrants. And uh, the leader of Immigrant Connection, Zach, who you're actually going to get to hear in a few minutes, um, he's described Des Moines and Iowa more generally as a immigrant legal desert, immigration legal desert, because there's just not enough, um, not enough ways to serve the demand for uh, high quality legal services for immigrants. And so that's why we're, that's why we're doing it. I mean, God has kind of plopped us right into the heart of the city. Mm -hmm. Um, We have all of these uh, just wonderful relationships with families that are in this situation um, we're a congregation that already kind of pours our heart out and cares for the immigrant. And so that's just kind of made us, I think, uh, I don't know. It feels like, it feels like God has kind of woven things together for us. Mm-hmm. And so now that this has kind of fallen into our laps a little bit, it's like, wow, we're, we're well positioned for it. Mm-hmm. Is it something that the entire church is now a part of or how's that work? Yeah. Well, yeah, yes and no. I mean, if you come to table church, you'll now be a part of the church that does that thing for immigrants. You know, people mm-hmm. won't really know what it is exactly. And maybe they'll ask you. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we're going to be doing over the next few months is kind of helping you get language for answering the question. Like, aren't you the church that does that stuff with immigrants? Mm-hmm. Why do you guys do that? You know, um, and eventually actually, we'll have a sign on our building mm-hmm. that says this is, you know, where you can go. So yep. it will bring questions. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I already forgot what your question well, was. Well, and I mean, in general, uh, is it something that the whole church gets involved yeah. in or how's that work? Yeah. So to begin with, um, the hands-on work actually is only two or three people. Um, so you have to select two people to train as a DOJ rep, a Dis- Department of Justice representative. Those two people for us are Natalie Wiseman, my wife, and Taryn Obink, 
who is one of our mission directors. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they've already started just this week. They started the training with the Department of Justice. And they're both really perfect for this Mm -hmm. role. Yep. Mm -hmm. Their, Their life situation is such that it allows them to do it. They both have just huge hearts for people from other cultures and they actually both, neither of them are fluent in Spanish, but they've both mm-hmm. studied Spanish pretty yep. deeply. Um, they can get fluent. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe they will. And so they're gonna be they're gonna be awesome mm-hmm. for it. And who knows what the future might bring? Um, mm-hmm. I can tell you this: like if you're if you're able to translate into another language, we'd love to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it it takes eighteen months before Natalie mm-hmm. and Taryn are really ready to go and start providing services. So it's going to be a long time before anything is happening. Yep. Um, but you know, in in the meantime, feel free to give them Starbucks gift cards and thank yous because <laughs> they're doing a lot of work. This is not a simple thing. You're not just watching online training videos or something right. like that. You're really putting in a lot of work to become accredited to do this. Yeah. So. They're 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 thrust back into the world of homework. Yeah. Uh, which neither of them have been in that world for a while. So. Okay, so Phil, don't bury the lead. How much is this going to cost us? <laughs> Not very much. It's That was one of the most amazing things. Um, I didn't have any idea what it would cost the church, but actually to start an immigrant connection site, for us for us at least, it's going to cost the church about $5,000. Um, they become self-sustaining over time because the clients do pay uh, to, to have the services done, but it's just greatly reduced from what you would get at most mm-hmm. lawyers, for example. Yeah. And so it's a self-sustaining thing. Um, in fact, if run well, I've, I didn't know this when we first started either. And I was like, how come you didn't, you don't lead with this? I asked Zach, I was like, why don't you lead with this information? It can actually become rather lucrative. Like mm-hmm. there are, there are churches that run them. If you run them well, it can be a way of, of, uh, actually funding more ministry for a church. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of wild. I don't know what that looks like for mm-hmm. us, but I'm like, why don't you lead with that? And he's yeah. like, I got to make sure this is the right kind of church. <laughs> you know, I got to make sure that, <laughs> that, that the people are doing this are doing it for the right reasons, not as like a get rich quick scheme. Mm-hmm. For, you it's know. not like putting a daycare in your church. Mm-hmm. It's it, not that kind of thing. Exactly. It's a whole life. Yeah. Um, so speaking of that, is our ministry center just going to be like overrun with people? Like a business? <laughs> No, it, I mean, it'll be, we'll be open for X number of hours mm-hmm. and people will have appointments and they'll come in for their appointment. You mm-hmm. know, it's okay. not like there'll be, you know, a line out the door or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one last question. Uh, are we getting political now? <laughs> Is this like, are we firmly moving ourselves into like one of those political churches? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and I think it's important to address because immigration is a hot button political issue in our culture. And, um, the first way I would respond is, is to say, well, what do you mean by political? Because the gospel is political. The gospel is the declaration that Jesus is Lord. And if Jesus is Lord, that means Caesar is not Lord. And that's a political statement in the first century Roman empire. Um, if Jesus is Lord, that means that all other earthly rulers are second, a distant second (laughs) to Jesus, right? Um, and so the gospel is inherently political, but that's not really the kind of political we're talking about when people ask that question. What they're asking is, are you getting partisan? Like, are you leaning left or right, Republican or Democrat, you know? Is this a slippery slope? Towards partisanship? (laughs) Yes. Uh, no, it's not. (laughs) In fact, um, you know, we're doing this because I, (laughs) in the Bible, you're going to hear Zach talk about this shortly. In the Bible, we hear about the quartet of the vulnerable, the widow, the orphan, the uh, 
the poor and the immigrant. And this is just our way of fulfilling this biblical mandate to be people that care for those four groups. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, no, we're not, we're not getting partisan. Um, in fact, we're simply using the laws that we have, you know, to help people be here legally. Mm -hmm. That's something that people on either side of the aisle ought to support. You know, like if somebody's here, they ought to be able to have ways of, of obeying the laws that we have. And Mm -hmm. right now that's not even the case for many. And so we're helping them, um, you know, navigate the contours of this complex system of laws that we have. If it's a Republican administration putting them together, or if it's a Democratic, a Democrat administration putting them together, that's what we work with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think this is an awesome opportunity. I think some of the most significant and difficult, uh, you know, seasons of life that some of my teenagers have gone through in the last couple of years are because they're such good friends with so many kids Mm -hmm. who carry the weight of being the children of immigrants Mm -hmm. or refugees and how much extra that puts on their plate. And my kids see that. And uh, if my teenagers think this is about the coolest thing we could be doing, we're probably (laughs) (laughs) in a good place. That's a good sign. Okay. Good. Yeah. And it is. I mean, it is. It's so needed. It's it's needed. needed and it's just so bullseye heart of God, I think. Um, so we're pumped, but Hey, you know what? Don't take it from me. I want you guys to hear from Zach Samara. He's the director of immigrant connection. And he and I sat down and had a conversation a week or two ago. And so I want you guys to listen in on that. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back soon, but for now, go ahead and take a listen to this conversation with Zach. Well, Zach, thank you for joining me today uh, to help us learn a little bit more about Immigrant Connection. Would you start by just helping us understand what is Immigrant Connection? Yeah, how I always call it the elevator pitch, like how tallest building in your city, how mine's only four stories high, so it's got to be kind of short. But um, so uh, Immigrant Connection exists to ensure greater access to uh, high quality, low cost immigration legal services which seems like a lot, but the way to think about this is the immigrant population in the United States is growing rapidly everywhere, not just on the coasts anymore, not just in big cities, but everywhere. And the paramount need that immigrants have is access to immigration legal services because the security and stability uh, that lawful status has, it touches every aspect of an immigrant family's lives. And so being able to have access to immigration legal services is really, really, really important. And the problem or the obstacle is that while the immigrant population continues to increase, there just aren't a lot of providers of immigration legal services. Um, And so most immigrants have to pay lots of money that they can't afford, drive very, very far distances that are very difficult. And then there's long waits that in a thing like immigration legal services, waiting is not something uh, that sometimes is even possible because you can fall out of status while you wait. And so Immigrant Connection, what is unique about us is uh, we found out that there's a program through the federal government, the Department of Justice, that works specifically with nonprofits and allows non-attorneys who would get experience in education and immigration law to actually open immigration like law offices, which seems crazy that exists, but it exists and it's in the government. And what's great for us as the church is, the church is a nonprofit. 
And so when we heard about that, like Immigrant Connection, this was in 2013 when we kind of started, it was like, well, what would it look like if the church did this? And the church being able to do this means we can do it in places that that other law firms and other nonprofits can't because we uniquely can be everywhere, right, as the people of God. And so we help churches, we partner with churches all throughout the country, um, open immigration legal service offices in their communities to serve immigrants in this need that they have that's their greatest need. So when you say immigration legal services, give me a few examples of exactly what you mean. Yeah, so sometimes it's, I think when most people, they think citizenship, and uh, and that's one of the things we help. That's kind of like the final step. I think if if your, uh, your church is, you have people watching, if you don't know about immigration, I think often we think it's, you have citizens and people who are undocumented, but there's a lot in between there. But one of the things we help with is, that final step of helping someone who's a lawful permanent resident finally become a citizen and, and file that. The other thing we help a lot with is family reunification. Um, family members, like if you are a U.S. citizen or a lawful permanent resident, many times you can request you know, your spouse, your children, parents. And so oftentimes we help families who are living apart reunite and be able to live together. Uh, and then there's also all kinds of different lawful statuses that need renewals, like even a green card, it's lawful, the word is permanent residence, and you maintain your permanent residency, but your card that proves it expires every 10 years. So we help you renew it. Uh, then there's things like if if anyone watches the news, you know, Afghan, Afghan people, Ukrainians, Venezuelans, um, Haitians, uh, Burmese, there's a lot of like temporary statuses now that People arrive in the country and they're given two years. And within that two years, they have to find some other pathway to be able to maintain uh, their ability to work and stay in the United States. And so our offices often help with those kind of situations that are unique, um, uh, you know, and then there's all kinds of other like little ones where depending, you know, what shows you watch on TV, you know, we help with the K-1 visa, the fiance visa. We help international students who want to stay in the country after they've got their education. You know, sometimes international students, like a lot of us in college, meet our significant other and we decide to get married. And then it's like, well, I'm supposed to go back home. Can I stay? You know, we help with those kind of situations. So really what's unique about Immigrant Connection is when we say immigration legal services, it's a pretty broad term and it can help in a pretty broad uh, number of ways because there's a lot of pathways. And so we just get the unique uh, ability to learn lots of this complexity and then almost become like a trail guide to use like another analogy and help people navigate through a pretty compact, complex trail to get them to you know the end goal that they want, which is usually stability reunification for their family, just security um, in, in a preferred future. Good. Okay. So why, uh, why does there need to be one of these in Des Moines, would you say? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I was talking to Pastor Phil and like the reality is, is I have been praying for Iowa uh, since about 2015. Um, Iowa is a unique state that has lots and lots of immigrants and you have lots and lots of immigrants for the same reason that Indiana where I'm from, has lots and lots of immigrants. 
the, you know, when it comes to like the meat packing industry, when it comes to agriculture, you know, when it comes to dairy farms and other farms, it's like there is a need for the foreign born workforce to fill these roles. And so a lot of communities in Iowa, also in Indiana, were communities that weren't very diverse. And yet in the past 20 years, they become very, very diverse. And so immigrants continue to pour in to these places, but service providers have not been able to open offices at the same rate as the immigrant population has increased. And so right now, um, there's a, a Tyson Fresh Foods plant in Perry, like near Des Moines, you know, and, and we actually drive from Kansas City, our Immigrant Connection office, we drive to Perry, we drive to Waterloo, we drive to Storm Lake, we drive to Sioux City, we drive into Iowa from surrounding states because right now immigrants have to drive the other way. And so I have been praying and I'm so grateful that you're answering what I think is definitely God's call to open our first office in Iowa so that people, instead of having to leave and drive three hours, you know, to get to Illinois or get to, you know, Kansas or Nebraska, will be able to drive to Des Moines and receive services right in their state. Because, you know, right now, I think in the state of Iowa, there's really only two providers. Uh, and you know, due to COVID and other things, uh, even they have kind of are starting to do less, not more. And so there's been a really real need for access uh, in Iowa. So I'm super excited. Uh, so, yeah, with the first time that we spoke, I think you used the phrase like immigration legal desert. For yes. Like yes. Not enough resources. Yeah. And that's one of the ones that hopefully will connect with people. We talk about food deserts often for people. It's like there's these immigration legal deserts. So um, I was in Iowa actually for the first time recently um, uh, at some Tyson plants and a lady came up to me and she was crying and she thanked us for coming. And I was like, you know, we're, we're so grateful to serve you. And she said for the first time she lived in Iowa for 10 years. She said for the first time I was able to take a vacation with my family. And I said, like, well, help me understand. And she's like, well, every other time I would take vacation time from work and we would drive across to Omaha and we would wait for hours in an immigration attorney's office. And that's where all the money went and all my time off went. And because now I have access right here in Iowa, it means, you know, I've been able to save money and we can actually take vacation time for actual vacation. And I thought to myself, like, like e even myself, who have been doing this for almost 10 years, you forget the layers of like when we can provide and help in this one area, the ripple effects it has, not just for individuals, but also for families. And so when we provide access in an immigration legal desert, it allows like so much other just unique, um, just transformative things to happen in a community. So last question, tell me why yeah. you think uh, the church, why Christians should care about immigration? Yeah. Obviously, people could probably tell I'm already long winded and this one's a really long one. But if I can keep it short, you know, I think I think the church, I think Christians, followers of Jesus, we are uniquely called to this. Uh, I often share, you know, if, if you're looking at the Old Testament, most people who care about biblical justice uh, know about the quartet of the vulnerable, the poor, the widow, the orphan and the foreigner. But what I think the most unique thing I've learned as I've studied that group is that in the ancient Near East, it was common morality, common ethics, that even non-people of Yahweh, non-Israelites, were called to love the poor, the widow, and the orphan. 
that was just like if you were a king in the ancient Near East, you were called to stand in the gap for those vulnerable populations. It's uniquely the foreigner that most societies, most cultures all around the globe today and all around the globe historically have viewed foreigners, immigrants as threats or burdens. And God says, I love immigrants. They're one of my favorites. And so follow my lead and love immigrants as well. And so I think when it comes to immigration and immigrants, that this is a unique witness of the people of God to say, we know it's not normal. In fact, we know that like in our own strength, it's it's almost impossible. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the witness of the power of the gospel, we are called to love and welcome immigrants. And it allows us to have a positive witness in our community in pretty pretty profound ways. Uh, two more things I'll, I'll share, and you can obviously edit these if you want to. But it's like in the New Testament, you have that passage in Matthew 25 where Jesus, it says at the end of the age, you know, separating the sheep and the goats. And it's like, you know, when I was an immigrant, you welcomed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. I think what's unique for the church to realize about that passage is it's not individuals. So at the end of the age, he gathers ethnos, groups. And I don't know how to distinguish what that means, but it's definitely communities. And so I think it poses the question, like, how does Table Church as a community, like, show welcome? How do you as the community in Des Moines, as the state of Iowa, like, how do we set up systems and structures that provide access and welcome. And I think Immigrant Connection is one of those ways that we live into welcoming Jesus as the immigrants. Then the other thing is, as leaders, I mean, I don't know about you, Phil, but like if I had to make a list of like 10 characteristics of like a Christian leader or a church leader, I don't know if hospitality would be on my list, but it's on Paul's and Peter's and the writer of Hebrews. Like the list in the Bible always put hospitality, which I know we make it kind of hosting the Super Bowl party. That's like the, the litmus test of, but it's like hospitality biblically is phylloxenos, philo, love, xenos, immigrants. It isn't just welcoming people that look like us that we don't yet know. It's actually welcoming, you know, the other, it's welcoming immigrants. And this is a characteristic that we are called to have. And I think the reason why is I think it's a mark of the Holy Spirit at work in us. Yeah. I think it's natural. You know, it's, I mean, anyone like who's listening, who thinks immigrants and it's like, if if you're in a space and immigrants moving to your neighborhood to kind of question to be like, you know, what's going on? Like, are things going to change? Am I going to have to do like, that's the normal reaction. And yet the reaction of the gospel witness in us is to kind of have this transformed behavior where we love and welcome and kind of lead with that. Um, and so, I mean, I definitely think this is, really, really, really important for the church and Christians. I think it's in some ways, yeah, I think it's one of the most transformative things we're, we're called to do that we forget about. And it's all over the arc of scripture that immigrants matter to the heart of God. So they should matter to us as well. Wow. I, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm getting blessed. Thank you for the ministry, Zach. I think yeah. it's, it's just dripping with the gospel, what you guys yeah. are doing. We're excited that we have the opportunity to be a part of it, and we're praying for what God's going to do moving forward. Yeah, that's great. Thanks so much. I'll be praying for the church as they move forward.